You're listening to Common Ride With Me, a podcast about tokusatsu, a genre of practical effects, TV, and film. This is a weekly show that has two shows that alternate. One is the yearly cast, where myself, Kip, and Kopsteak Senpai talk about shows at a pace, either as they're coming out or as they would have come out. And then the other is a book club, where we look at things in much more concentrated bursts for a couple of months to look at different shows and series. You're about to listen to the yearly podcast. This is episode 179, where we cover Comrade Geats, the currently airing show, episodes 30 and 31, Entrance with the Jetman, episode 50, the second to last episode. Hen Shin. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Come and Ride with Me. This is episode 179. Uh, this is the OG podcast. This is Kip. It'll be a scope six up by. Hey, up by. Kip, what's good, Brody? Uh, you know, just a nice, clean living. Try to at least. I don't know. What about you? <laughs> nice, clean living. Uh, I guess I'm doing the same. Minus the junk food. <laughs> eating better right now? Is that what? Yeah, man. Eating, eating better. I'm actually. It's crazy. I'm kind of like turned into a runner out of nowhere. So got into running recently, get the endorphins up and uh, it's been good for my mental. Feel great. That's great. I had to um, start to do more weightlifting because I was like running too much. And I like got injured from like overrunning. Mm. What kind of injury was it? Oh, uh, my ankle. Uh, have you ever had a shoulder injury? Uh, No, I've been concussed in like a couple ankle things but like nothing like in like my arms or shoulder no okay because i was reading because like i have like a sharp pain in my shoulder and i'm not sure if it came from lifting or running but i did hear or read that uh there's a such thing as shoulder pains from running how your arm swings so, oh yeah oddly but yeah it's very painful right now no like i never like had that no but yeah i ran a 5k two oh. weeks two weeks ago like an actual race and then uh Leisurely, I ran a 10K on Monday. So, yeah, I'm like really into it. If you can't tell by the run talk, uh, we're here to talk about <laughs> uh, some TV. <laughs> and like you mentioned before, though, like, you're not like watching too much right now, but I did watch like something kind of like related. Like, I watched that uh, new uh, Once and Always, like a Ranger Power Rangers uh, special for 30 years. How was that? It's really weird. <laughs> oh, man. Like, weird in a bad way? In, like, good and bad ways. Like, it was like, uh, you could feel the budget, which, like, is fine as Power Rangers, but it's also weird because, like, Netflix, like, built it up. Like, this is our thing for this week. And usually, when they do that, they are putting some money into it, you know? Yeah. So, it felt like what you would expect from, like, a TV movie. And I was like, it's weird. This is, like, Netflix's thing for this week, and it didn't have that budget bump, you know? Mm-hmm. Really great seeing like all that cast though, and had like like they had like a ton of people back. They had like fun lore nods. Like I'm sure like I missed most of them because I haven't really watched Sentai for like probably closer to twenty than ten years, or like Power Rangers like for closer to twenty than like ten years compared to like about the time I like got into Common Rider. I was like, oh, 
I haven't watched like too much Power Rangers since, you know? Yeah, same. Got that feel. Um, it's cool seeing the cast. They had like some like cool kind of here's our explanation for why there aren't more people here kind of thing. They'll probably do it again next year for um, Jason David Frank, because this one was kind of like a super belated like send off to like Trini's actress, like True Thing, uh, who not True Thing, but uh, so what they did like here was they kind of like passed the power off a little bit and that was cool but i don't love the person they picked like to be the new yellow ranger do you think this is a film before uh we lost the green ranger or after oh yeah it was like i think they had like finished filming and they add a little like moment for him and like make sure he's like featured but his character is like alive and well in the movie oh okay yeah like he's like not in it so they don't like reference it but like i could see them like next year doing another one of these and like sending him off or having like his son become the like new green ranger or something you know yeah that's what i was wondering like i'm like why didn't he just send off both of them but that explains it he's like in the montage at the end that's like celebrating her and they also have like a like in memory thing but they're definitely gonna want to do something for him i think yeah his movie's coming out in like November with Spirit of the White Dragon or something. It was like a movie made mostly with like Power Rangers people, but like an R-rated like action movie kind of thing. Is that going straight to Netflix too? I don't know. It uh, might be or it might like get like a release just based off of a whatever, you know, but I'm not sure. Um, One negative I will say was they had um a completely cg like megazord fight and i was like that's oh no come on <laughs> you got one kind of job but it, mm. it seems like that was like more the people like doing the budgeting and like time budgeting but still like it would look fine in like and like they've like used those like i think like two or three years ago in like sentai they brought back and like fixed up like a bunch of those old suits too so they're like good to go you know yeah uh and uh weird moral moment like like you know how sometimes like you're watching like a kids movie or like show like the clone wars and you're like i don't know if it's what your moral message is here because you're like saying don't kill people but also you did just kill someone mm-hmm there's definitely like a moment where they're like, hey, we can't just kill people. And then the character that says that does stab somebody through the chest from behind like fifteen <laughs> minutes later. Is <laughs> you know, weird little bit there. Yeah, I'm excited to check it out. I just haven't had the time. It's super busy, but I'll get to that ASAP. Yeah. Oh. Oh. That's kind of if for me on a non of course like is Toku stuff but like a not coverage stuff. I wonder if the success here means they'll like just do more stuff because the comics have been really like popular and like i could see them just once a year bringing back like four or five people from the past 30 years you know yeah why not i was surprised that they dropped this one though remember when i saw the trailer i kind of sent it over to you and you were aware of it because you always got your ear to the street for stuff like this but uh i was shocked i wasn't expecting anything like this but um like you said i'm glad it turned out at least decent or watchable the next one should be better. Yeah, totally. And I think like the vibe is that Hasbro's like treating this like a franchise, which like for like Power Rangers fans is like a good thing. For years they were just like, 
no money, no effort. And like now it's like, oh, we could make like collectors toys. We could have like specials and stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's not, not the worst thing in the world. Uh, but um, speaking of the worst thing in the world, uh, not Kamara Geats. It's um, not bad at all this week, but <laughs> uh, let's talk about uh, Kamara Geats uh, episode uh, 30 and 31. And after that, we'll talk about uh, Trojan Sentai Jetbed episode 50. Now, like it has been, um, Geats for us on rotation is a split uh, where most episodes we are getting the end of one arc and the start of another. So episode 30 is a limitation six, the prince within the letter, which is the second half of the arc that we started last time. And um, my first thought is that this show really uh, is committed to making all four of its characters, main characters and sharing the plot with them here. I I was going to say the same thing. I always feel like these episodes are, well balanced like even though like this arc felt like it was very neon centric we still learned a lot about uh ace you still have buffa's mm-hmm. plot line uh kwa didn't disappear at all so i feel like it's well balanced and probably the most well balanced uh comrade show i've seen I'm not sure about you but uh i'm enjoying it yeah like i like really thought at the beginning this was going to be Ace is like come murder Geats, but K was the main character, but they're actually doing a lot with everyone. And like, I think that like, um, they did a great job with Dion here. Like she doesn't feel like she's like the girl. She feels like her own character, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was wild though. Like I get that. She's like dealing with a lot of trauma. She's 19. She goes up to her mom and says, here's all these memories of your dead child. <laughs> it's a big moment yeah uh but no um what are your thoughts on like how this arc kind of like ended here though senpai this whole episode uh i mean if anything it ended realistically uh you know what i'm saying like she finds out that she was pretty much a wish and the way she approached her supposedly mother about the incident and the mother's reaction was kind of like yeah i think i'm out (laughs) <laughs> I'm moving out type stuff. So didn't expect her to like not have a home and be kind of homeless at the end of the arc. But um it kind of makes sense. And for her dad to like be like, yo, I'm gonna marry you off to some guy from the future <laughs> kind of explains his motives the whole season so far. So it kind of like wrapped everything up like behind the mystery about her family. And we kind of like uh kind of like guessed around about what her dad was up to and to find out what he was actually up to the whole time was way more dramatic than i uh, possibly thought before what do you think yeah it's just um super like it's a very realistic like you can see like as far as like a trauma response like i'm gonna bring this daughter back but i couldn't love her if i knew but i can't not know so i'm just gonna make her this like ends to like a mean and that's how i can have a like new daughter versus like loving her is like that's a wild thing to say and man uh if you're six years old and you're watching this i would love to know how much of this you're processing and knowing <laughs> <Cause> like <laughs> this show's so weird it's like oh yeah we definitely sell these toys and also it's like what if your dad didn't truly love you <laughs> it's like okay yeah you got you're making a good point like this feels like a very adult uh censure uh storyline I'm not sure how a kid would grasp like a lot of what's going on because a lot of the conversations have been heavy, uh, time travel, uh, you know, like 
kind of like Squid Game type stuff, like Death Game mm-hmm. stuff. So I'm not sure if kids are more mature nowadays and they could kind of like keep up, but I'm not sure if I would have been able to follow a lot of the stuff that was going on when I was a kid. <laughs> so how many times like have you come back to like kids media that like you watched or like was like around that time? You're like, oh, this was happening. This was part of it. There was like a weird like gladiator plot line or something. You're like, oh, wow. yeah, a deeper level to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, her dad actually is um a like former Sentai actor though. He was in um the 2000 series Mirai Sentai Time Ranger where he played Time Fire who was kind of like this modern day paramilitary contractor who like got a power set and just like led his paramilitary like company using the power so here's some guy that knows time travel in like Toku stuff you know yeah great cast yeah um I did kind of assume that um for Neon she was gonna like stay at Aces or like maybe even like K was but no she just goes off you know yeah like where could she possibly be maybe it's just like um she does her vlog is like yeah yeah she probably got money saved up from her vlogs but she's she hasn't vlogged in a while so that income's gonna start getting tight eventually no but you know that like welcome back video like hey guys I've been gone for a while uh that's just gonna do numbers yeah though also like I um do like how she wasn't in the next set of episodes like at least so far just be like oh yeah and she needs some time that's good like let her cool yeah. off and kind of yeah. process things exactly unlike the Mandalorian they brought Gogo right back <laughs> weird yeah but that's another subject no um that show has finished since uh, we last talked that's a weird I that third season was all over the place I was like what do you oh my god nobody loved it uh I think everybody's came to the conclusion that they put all their like uh focus on Ahsoka coming out and kind of like forgot about the Mandalorian and then I also heard that Kathleen Kennedy I believe her name is yeah uh, the the main guys didn't want Grogu to be in this whole season Empire bring him back yeah, mid yeah. and she was like no he needs to be there at the beginning which felt kind of like unrealistic like he just left and now he's already back so but toys yeah he also left mid-season too, you know? Like yeah. He was like, he came back at another show, which I think is a wild, like, thing to do. Yeah, and, and not to turn this into a Mandalorian pod, but... <laughs> no, let's go for it. <laughs> I feel like the first two seasons were very, like, thought out. You know what I mean? As far yeah. as, like, the plot, where it was headed. This third season comes out. It's just like, I feel like they're running out of ideas now. So... I mentioned like the last time we talked about it, but like I didn't see why Din was like so dead set on going back to his group. Like I kind of assumed he was going to like figure out his own stuff, but no, he's just like, I want to get back in. Like I want to be part of this like whole thing and have my like face hidden as okay. But like apparently also because the last of us, Pedro Pascal was never there. So they never actually had a scene with him, like Mm. not wearing his helmet this season. Damn. The whole season he wasn't there. Yeah. Wow. And I don't know. Uh I like Grogu, but also it did seem like they had so much going on that I wouldn't have minded if he wasn't there while they like did weird Mandalorian like lore stuff. Or also like a lot of people seem to matter the wrong things. And one of them I think was like Lizzo and Jack Black, and I was like, I mean that's fine. <laughs> They're fine. <laughs> I thought it was kind of weird, but I wasn't like upset about it. I was more upset that they put Grogu inside a droid 
<laughs> I'm just like that was so dark. I'm like okay. Though like a big thing about Star Wars is like if you look at it it's like this weird case of like okay, slavery is illegal. Except <laughs> it's not. We just <laughs> said droids and yeah. Yeah, when he was in that body, I was that's super dark. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. Um let's uh talk about the end of 30 though. Uh cuz um two things do happen though one is that um we see that uh the um planter archer metal like sees his chumato that gets um its arm taken off by neon and like cune um and he like looks at his own arm with a saw and i was like oh is he gonna cut his own arm off and like they feel next time it's just like his like finger or something but still it's like wow <laughs> yeah plant that <laughs> yeah and then um Biroba reveals to Buffa and to Daichi that Ace's mom is the was turned into the desire deity. We knew it was coming, but what do you think about this getting revealed here? I didn't think his mother would be the the goddess of creation. Did you? I thought she might be. Hmm. Okay. Kind of caught me off guard. Not gonna lie. We've been getting a lot of stuff too with like um how Kawa's been talking to Ace about like people not being satisfied and how like he lost his family due to trying to fuel other people's wishes. There's something there like what they're getting at is like, Hey, people are just like hurting and killing other people and like hurting these people that did have what they wanted. who didn't want anything else in their push for like wishes. And it's like a feels anti-capitalist. Like, Hey, <laughs> you're fine. You don't need it all. Like you don't need like everything at once, but like, it's definitely cool to see like each of the characters kind of related to that. Like, Oh, like cable has his family, like neon was created just to be used. Ace lost his mom. And then like with like Buffett too, like losing his friend and like trying to like stop this whole thing. Mm-hmm. But no episode 31 heaven and hell game. Um, we see that a piece of the city has is now floating and there are like twister dots on the ground, like fall guy stuff. <laughs> yeah. And if you're on the wrong one, you fall through. This game felt really dark to was like, wow, there's just like the first time in a while they've like shown people getting got like this. Yeah, especially when the groceries fell down. I'm like, dang, that's a lot of money being wasted. <laughs> just got done grocery shopping yeah they were whole foods like oh uh, i would have had to jump after the bag if it was whole foods like nah <laughs> i'm not taking that kind of ill yeah no and uh my favorite part here is that kawa is extremely mad about this like he's just like what are you doing like what is this help like he's talking to like buffa like hey you wanting to stop people getting hurt doesn't give you the right to hurt people right now. And he's like flying and like falling down and like flying up. He's like fighting the whole time. Like he's just in it this whole episode. Mm-hmm. And also uh, for Buffa, I just uh, he is incredibly credible. Just the way he like goes after Ace after like he's in his like boost mark two four, where he just starts fighting Ace to try and knock him down. It's like, OK, he is just like <laughs> does not care that he got a like power up. He has like 
a hundred times as much like experience. He brings the fight to him. And that's pretty great. Yeah, I love that. Love that so much. We do lose though, uh, a contestant because Kawa gets knocked out. Yeah, that was crazy. I didn't see that coming. I guess he's never gonna get a dub. I don't know. It it's hard because he's just uh seems like he's he could be gone for a while. He could be gone for good. I'm not sure, but like I think they're about to really shake things up because like they said that this round is the final round mm-hmm. of this game. So it's like uh the game in episode one then there's been like four games since kind of because the first game that ended the first game that like stopped because they were fighting the producer the third game that stopped because the Jamato game started so they're like doing a lot of different styles and like at the pace we're going we probably have like two more arcs left and I'm not sure what's happening next yeah like this show always keeps us on our toes, like super unpredictable when things happen. It makes sense. So, I mean, great show so far. Yeah. And I think that, like they're doing like a great job character wise. Um, I don't have that thing that um, I'm bored of what I know the final conflict is going to be, mm-hmm. which can happen sometimes uh, in research shows even. But yeah. Um, What's your guess on what the next arc is? Because it's like, we'll probably get the end of this arc next time, and then we'll also like get the first episode of the next arc. Uh, I would assume it's more about uh, Ace uh, and his mom, more centric. I feel like that's the biggest narrative coming out of these last few episodes. What's going on with that? What do you think? Who do you think wins this game? The Jumato game? Uh, I'm hoping Buffa. Me too. I could see him definitely like winning getting a wish and maybe that's like what leads to like the writers getting back together to be like hey this didn't work we gotta like work together to stop this like maybe like do you think the Jamato are the final villain or do you think it's the Grand Prix the final villain will have to be the Grand Prix right yeah I think I think the Jamato being the last bad guy would be more along the lines like how Archie Meadow got devour right so yeah. unless they like devour the other uh gaming leaders or forget what they're called <laughs> uh and they just mimic them but that's the only way i see jamato actually being the boss like they actually devour the uh people that run the game i feel like they're pretty sympathetic though like as far as like just like how we see them i definitely feel like oh i wouldn't feel bad if like they won, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm actually rooting for Buffalo. It was just kind of crazy. We'll see next time, though, because uh, I do have a feeling there's a lot going on next episode, uh, Chunk. But a lot's also going on back in 91-92 with Trojan Sentai Jetman, episode 50, Battles to the Death, or Respective Battles to the Death, depending on the translation. And they were. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Uh, just like what did like your like thoughts on this whole episode set by overall episode? I think we joked about it about guy versus gray final battle. Yeah, but it definitely lived up to the hype. Rav versus Ryu lived up to the hype. So, I mean, overall, overall, like a great conclusion or post ultimate episode. Um, is like oddly wrapped up a lot of the things that I would have had questions about. Moving into the final episode, 
Uh, so Rye's gone, Gray's gone, RIP, went out like a crazy, crazy way to go out. Let's light the black and mild. That was pretty cool. Yeah, though. <laughs> I was like, this is really happening right now. I had to rewind it. And then for Guy to light it for him was like, that was poetic. No, that was incredible. <laughs> that was a great ending to Gray. That's up there with like the predator like armhole, like the handshake <laughs> thing, just the manliest moment ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And then all we have left is Rad. And now he's like, so once they defeat him, that'd be a cool little bow. And then uh they wrapped up the whole Ryu and Rise. You know what I'm saying? Like Ryu's not the same since she died, and she kind of came back to him like in a vision. And you reassure him that everything's going to be okay. So, I mean, they're wrapping it up pretty smoothly for it to be so, yeah, like, anthology format for 51 episodes. Like, they wrapped it up pretty solidly without having a cohesive story. Yeah. No, this has been, like, been, like, a super solid show. And, like, there's also, like, small stuff, too. Like, um, to summarize for, like, people, like, uh, like who are, like, uh, listening, but not watching, A... You should. This is a very watchable show. But B, um, it starts with um, a conversation between like guy and like Kaoru That's just like, oh, um, you could tell that they decided they weren't working together off screen, but they're still like all right, and they still like super care about each other. It's like super mature way to do it for these shows, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's like, yeah. I didn't think about that. But um, I forgot everything for a second. The main thrust of this episode though is that like Ryu like writes them a letter like I'm gonna go get revenge for Rie and like <laughs> Rad takes this flower throws it up and makes like some petals fall down forever and like, like I can hear your heartbeat Red Hawk and they just <laughs> get ready to fight to the death like for like Ryu he like lights himself on fire with his anger and transforms without like his like his like changer and just like takes like the sore from like Rie's grave and then, like, Gray's waiting there for the team and says, Ah, oh, Gayuki. And, like, not to say, like, Rad and Ryu didn't have a great fight, but, like, Guy and Gray, like, kept fighting for, like, three times as long. Oh, my God. This was an all-timer. <laughs> and, like, the, like, my favorite shot in most kind of, like, fights like this is, like, the, the shot when the, the helmet cracks and you see inside the helmet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I love that shot. I'm glad I got you uh, converted there because, like, it's happened a few times, but it hasn't been good <laughs> like this. This is like yeah. how it's supposed to be. That's yeah, like my new favorite shot since we spoke. And, like, I realized, like, oh, like, it's like taking from like boxing movies here. It's like, oh, like, it's like that, like, cut in their eye and they're going to lose the fight if it opens one more time. It's like that kind of thing. Like, one more hit and you're basically like done. But here it's like their like, life. It's a cool, like, way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um and like <laughs> the way like guy grabs his gun and shoots him and just like his guts fall out and they're green everything just perfect ending. Did you notice that like when the team was like riding up to where Gray was like um <laughs> so guys on his motorcycle and uh the other three are like in this like jeep and like in the back is Akko on this turret like Halo style. Mm-hmm. And um, they like drive into some boxes and you could see one of the boxes fly up and hit her in the face and like knock her down in the in the show. Oh, no, I didn't see that. 
That's pretty good. <laughs> and like you mentioned though, but um after Ryu loses his fight, um he like gets saved by like Kaoru. It's like this big moment where like I thought that like Gray had killed her because like his soul left his body for his attack. It like looked wild. Mm-hmm. But no, just like hurt her leg and lets Ryu talk to the ghost of his love Rie. But um then the whole team comes back and like they're saving because Raida and Akko got the like Dragon Ball Z treatment where apparently the whole time they were just getting their asses kicked. Mm-hmm. And um, like just the whole team shows up and like Kaori's like, oh, like I'll find the broken leg. And then from the four and a feet away, guys, like, and I'm here too. Yeah, guys showing up was pretty cool. And they like fly in the air and turn into like a phoenix to like fight like rad. <laughs> it's a really cool little moment. Yeah. But then and then he's like, the fight's just getting started. And he turns into his big like monster form. And then the monster's chest turns into his face. And then it turns into a demon face. Like to be continued. A whole lot going on there. And yeah, like I like how um they made this like whole thing be the final fight. Cause I could tell they're gonna want to spend some time on like two weeks later mm-hmm. or like what happens after stuff of the show. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. What do you think we get next episode as far as like putting a bow on some of these characters in the story? Raz going down. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out if, they, if they're going to remain Jetman, like patrolling the world and saving the world. If they're going to just go back to living their normal lives. I'm not sure. That was the weirdest thing about like the Power Ranger special, actually, because like I guess that like it's kind of implied that the original team of like six is like still on the regular going out and like fighting things and like helping the world and mm-hmm. i'm like there's a bunch of like there's a bunch of people you guys can kind of take a back seat can't you yeah is what i thought but no uh so i don't know how candid it is but at some point we're gonna look at uh the uh is it like one or two volumes but there was a post series manga for jet band that came out oh uh, yeah in like 93 yeah. uh but also uh <laughs> the writer for Jetman Hinoe is also the writer for uh Changer On, which we covered on the book club recently. Shogeki Goraigan, which we just finished, and the show we're just like starting actually kind of So the past three shows. Uh he's a really prolific writer in Toku. Uh mm-hmm. he also like did like a lot of work in like Dragon Ball and that kind of stuff, and like Detective Conan, like a known dude. Um, but Changer on Jetman, really good. Fies. This is my favorite show, uh, Shogeki Goragon, pretty bad, but um, <laughs> he also wrote a novel both for Comrade Fies and for Jetman. And I mm. wanted to let you know about uh, the synopsis of the Jetman novel, <laughs> okay? Following the conclusion of the TV series, the series main writer Toshiki Inoue uh, wrote a trilogy of Jetman novels from 1992 1995 that retold the events of the TV series. The novels were written specifically for adult fans of the TV series and included mature content, such as detailed descriptions of sexual intercourse between Ryu and Rei, Guy and Kaori, Radigat and Maria. Empress Juza, a one-off villain in the series, had an extended role while the d- dimensional beasts and giant robots were eliminated, the Jetman fighting human subjects to the Virum's experiments instead. <laughs> so what do you think of that, that novel? Sounds interesting. Have you read it? No, no, I don't know if it's translated. Please let us know if it is, but they look sick as hell. I'm putting these in the uh, chat right now, actually, what they look like. Okay. 
Oh, these look awesome. Hell yeah. Yeah, they look really like cool. Yeah. Uh, the art is by Kaida Amimia, so uh, he's a well-known like artist uh, anime, but yeah, uh, just <laughs> if you want to read this, like how Rad and Maria have sex, you could read it. <laughs> Third Japanese. <laughs> and yeah, um, I'm excited to finish Jetman real soon next time. But uh, for now, though, Senpai, uh, what were your top three favorite characters this time, Senpai? Oh, man, so many to choose from. Jesus Christ. Uh, Isn't it weird how we're watching one less show, but there's like more characters, it feels like? Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, well, it's not like we were picking anybody from Build anyway. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> uh, three spot. Let's go. Damn. You're not sure? Let's go. Kyrie. Okay, yeah. Two spot. Let's go uh Gray. R.I.P. Okay. Yeah. And then oddly, like he had like a small role in these two episodes, but I feel like I feel like Buffa had a lot to do. He did, yeah. Yeah, I'll say I'll say Buffa number one. His whole like talk with like Ace about like yeah. why he's not like Baroba, great stuff. Great stuff. Yeah. That scene stood out a lot. Oh, uh, this is rough, but man, um I'm gonna go backwards, uh, but Gray's got to be my number one because <laughs> he's sh- shown too brightly. Like we could play and like, hey, he's on the show, and I get like it's because he was too cool to show too much. But his introduction and his exit, immaculate, <laughs> perfect. I'll never forget this character. Number two, uh, I'd probably give it um to Neon because she's dealing with a lot of stuff right now, and she like everything she was doing felt like it made sense for the character. I was like, okay, this is like somebody who's going through a lot right now. And she's like playing it really well. Like even stuff like her getting her ass kicked and like having to be in pain and hurt for a while before she even considers fighting back. She's so like done with the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, I probably put guy. He's really great here. Uh, just his whole thing. He and Gray just sold the hell out of it. Like it's hard too because like there's less to act with, I think, than with like Ryu and like Rad. So it almost just like amped up what they had to do. But they were the centerpiece of like this whole episode. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, what was our? We might be in agreement here, but our favorite Tokubo, but in effect, to fight a like suit uh, from this time, Senpai. Guy versus Gray. Yeah, <laughs> that is definitely worth the wait. For sure. Cause like you're always waiting for like a drawn out, like and like well done, like back and forth fight scene. And this like just like deliver when Gray loses his arm and he's like using the sword and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then best outfit, Sepai. Best outfit. Nothing comes to mind, to be honest. Uh I like Buffa. He had like a like Oxford, mm-hmm. like white, like sweater vest, and then he had like his leather jacket over it. It was a good look. Yeah, I'll go with that too. But no, uh, that's it for us, though. Uh, in two weeks, we'll be looking at episode 51, the last episode of the Jetman, episode 32 and 33 of uh, Comrade Geats. And then uh, from there, we'll uh, in the near future, kind of like postmortem those two shows and look at some like side stuff like the movie for Build or like the like manga for Jetman. Mm-hmm. But uh, mostly Geats. And in one week. The book club is uh, starting a new show, which is Comrade Fies. One of the most popular shows we'll probably 
ever be looking at. Um, it's we've already gotten some letters about just people's love of it. But yeah, just please just uh, check out that first five episodes there. And yeah, what's up by though? Where can people find you when you're uh, not talking about all this stuff? Find me on the internet, the interwebs, Kopitek Senpai, on all socials. Where can I find you, Kip? You can find me uh, on co-host at James D, on Twitter at James Forge. Find the podcast at Common Rider co-host, at Common Rider with me on Twitter. Uh, please uh, check out our website for episodes and articles. There is a slash merch for links to our merch store. There is slash episode for links to different platforms. Please rate and view on Apple Podcasts. Uh, and do send any questions to podcast at commonrider.com. Uh, all variations of that work just because of covering our bases. Uh, so uh, podcasts, podcast, pod, it's podcast, but still uh, check us out and send in questions there, especially as we start this new show and put a pin in these last two shows. But last but certainly not least, what did we learned today, Senpai? Oh, I can't think of anything cool, but I definitely want to give Greg a shout out. You got anything cool to say? Sometimes it doesn't matter uh, what something looks like. It, it matters what something feels like. And oh. that might have been guy in like a mannequin or a puppet. But damn, that felt real. 